Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there and welcome back once again. Uh, I'm really excited that you're here. Today, I'm going to be answering one of the most common questions I get, and I get this a lot. So as we go through this, know that you are not alone. This is about empowering you as a parent of a child with autism and having a guide to a smooth dietary transition. People always ask me, Karen, my child is a picky eater. How do I get them to change their dietary needs? How do I change them away from the, the foods that they will only eat. And so I'm going to cover not only some of the reasons why they are only eating those particular foods, but also give you, of course, some solutions that I hope will help to transition your child into a better diet, because there are a lot of reasons for this. And we're going to, again, I'll just cover those today. Any show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 180, 180. This is episode 180. And so I'll be giving you a few links from today's show so you can just remember that. So again, people say, why is my child a picky eater and what can I do to improve his diet? And it's such a common question that I really wanted to dive into some of the reasons why and again, what you can do about it. Diet can be tricky to transition our picky eaters, especially those with autism, but there is hope. 
My own son was once a really picky eater, and today he's not at all. And I've helped hundreds of parents transition their children to healthier diets over time. Children and adults with autism can be stuck in their routines and have some obsessions around food. But there's even more to this. So let's go into some of the reasons why your child is a picky eater. First of all, one of the reasons is that the bad bacteria in their gut, such as candida or yeast overgrowth, thrives on the sugars and processed carbohydrates that they eat. This makes them crave these foods. The problem is that when we feed the bad bacteria, they get stronger. They thrive on it. So they have to have it. They're contributing to our child's gut staying ill and something called leaky gut, which is where they have holes in the lining of the gut that allow undigested foods into the bloodstream. Now, things like candida or yeast uh, will have little legs on them like screwdrivers that actually bore holes in the lining of the gut. And certain things that I'll mention that will go through cause inflammation in the gut that make the gut lining super weak. So it's even easier for holes to get torn. So when these undigested foods get into the bloodstream, the immune system sees them and thinks that they're foreign agents to attack. So each time the immune sees them, each time they come into the bloodstream, it creates an allergic response and our child becomes allergic to that food where they maybe once were not before. Leaky gut also contributes to poor absorption of nutrients from the foods that they are eating. You might notice that your child's hungry all the time, even though they might be eating a lot. So they're probably not absorbing the nutrition from the food that they eat. Bad foods are inflammatory and keep the lining of the gut weak and easily permeable to breakage and more leaky gut issues. The gut controls the brain and up to 80% of the immune system. So we have to heal the gut to heal many of the behaviors our kids have like irritability, sleep issues, lack of ability to focus, anxiousness, and poor immunity as well. So they're not sick all the time. Gluten and casein are the proteins in wheat and dairy, and these two foods create opiates in the body, just like the opiate drug. So our kids are literally addicted to them. You might notice that your child is craving those, like they almost have to have them. PANS, Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Syndrome, this is an acronym, is an autoimmune issue that many kids with autism have. It's really, really common. You may notice symptoms of really high anxiety, fearfulness, clinginess, and obsessive compulsive disorder or, or OCD. And the OCD is also an obsession with the way that they eat their food or what foods that they'll eat. They're really stuck on them as an obsession and a routine that they're used to. So they don't really want to see changes. It's too hard for them. So again, we want to target the root triggers viruses, mold biotoxins, Lyme, candida, parasites, and other toxins, including heavy metals, all contribute to keeping the gut ill. So they all have to be worked with. They also contribute to PANS and a PANS flare-up, which keep the OCD happening. So the obsessions don't go away until, again, these root causes are worked with. Another big one with children with autism are histamine intolerances. This is a really, really common thing. And histamines are released by the digestive tract and the brain in defense to allergic reactions. So you can see the connection here. 
the more allergic reactions the body creates, the higher the histamine responses. So we have to, again, go back to, again, the root causes that we work with. But histamine intolerance in the body is when it's overproducing histamines and there are too many for the body to break down. And this stress type response is a trigger for something else called mast cell activation, which creates then a really strong inflammatory response in the body. So as you notice, a lot of this has to do with inflammation in the body. And this also inflames the brain because the gut also controls the brain and all of these toxins and co-infections will keep the brain and the gut both inflamed. So that's when we see these behaviors, you know, all of the things that, that uh, are on the symptom guides for the things that they help to have to diagnose a child with autism. But again, if we work with these underlying root causes, then the symptoms can reduce and for some even become eliminated. Your child can often speak where you were told maybe they couldn't speak or they can focus in a classroom and learn. They can have more social connection. They can be happier and healthier and calm where they once were not able to, literally able to before. There are a lot of environmental triggers as well to histamine reactions. So it's important to know that Things, even a simple thing like chlorine from a chlorinated swimming pool when they swim in, swim in the summertime or from chlorinated water because we also are drinking, many people drink tap water and have a really poor filter that is not properly filtering out the chlorine in the tap water. So a sensitive person drinks that unfiltered, unfiltered water or filtered with a poor filter that's not doing the, the correct job because you don't want to just get out chlorine. You want the heavy metals, lead, mercury, other things like that out of the water. These can cause a lot of neurological damage and contribute to a lot of the symptoms for our children with autism. So if they drink this water or take a hot shower with fluorinated water and the steam opens up the pores in the body and absorbs it, then they're inhaling the fumes. This can create more histamine triggers. And you, I just want you to really be aware of that. So I'm going to link in the show notes to a really high quality water filter that gets out all of the glyphosate, which is another toxin that rips up the gut, the heavy metals, uh, and all of the dangerous chemicals that we don't want. This particular filter is excellent. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes for you. And there's also a discount code in the show notes. Uh, that the company was gracious enough to offer me to share with you. So um, you can find that again. The notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 180. By reducing stomach acid, histamines also contribute further to issues with digestion, working against your efforts to heal the gut. And it's common a common reason for GERD or acid backup, which again is really common with children with autism. Symptoms of histamine reactions also include, but are not limited to, anxiousness, discomfort with food, sleep issues, rashes, sensitivity with food, and the mouth actually becomes itchy and uncomfortable when they eat, so they become averse to eating sometimes. So let's go into some tips to help you transfer, you know, tra uh, transition your picky eater into eating more, you know, more nutritious foods, and how to get them away. So first of all, once the gut has begun to heal, then the picky eating gets much better. And this is a process that takes a lot of time, so please be patient. Besides working with all of the co-infections and toxicity that I mentioned that contributes to the leaky gut, we wanna change the diet to help your child eat more nutritious foods and stop eating the inflammatory foods as well. 
also to improve the, the absorption of nutrients from the food they're eating. And of course, there are many factors affecting their gut health, but it does begin with diet. The key to the, the key can be to make small changes over time instead of huge transitions all at once. Kids with autism, again, are used to a routine and become stressed with any type of change or, um, you know, and so it takes time. So be patient and persistent and consistent. And that's the key. I'm going to give you some, some tips now that'll help you to transition your child more easily. And as you start being able to make transitional changes with some of these things, it will not only help to heal the lining of the gut, stop, you know, the inflammation or a lot of the inflammation from being in their gut, um, from even diet alone is important to understand that the picky eating should calm down over time, but it can take several months. So don't think that this is a bandaid to rip off overnight or that it's all going to happen, you know, in the first week, because that's when you think that you're not doing it right, or you're doing something wrong or that you're never going to get it. And, and that it's not going to work for you. And you start feeling overwhelmed and defeated. And I don't want you to feel that way. I really want you to feel empowered. I want you to understand that you can do this. It's just a process that takes time. One of the things that can be really helpful to calm the sensory overload in the mouth that they get, again, sensory issues affecting the mouth and how food feels, and this makes them feel uncomfortable, is to do lymphatic drainage. So if you massage the front sides of their neck downward, this helps open up lymphatic drainage, but also reduces the sensory overload for the jaw and the mouth. And again, in my background's craniosacral therapy, this is also really a great thing to do for a child with autism or for yourself or anyone. It helps all of us feel more alert as it assists the flow of cerebral spinal fluid, the fluid in the brain and the, and the central nervous system along the spine. This also helps to flush it out. So it can be really, really helpful for the brain. If you do it to yourself, even right now, you'll notice that you can become a bit more alert. So it's a really nice thing to do, but it also calms down the sensory overload in the mouth. And again, you'll start just, just almost below the ears, in the front of the ears and the soft tissue, uh, well, you'll feel the muscles that kind of move forward. Those are the sternocleidomastoid muscles, if you want to know their name. And you just follow them forward and downward on the front sides of the neck. And just do that massage a few times. And especially helpful to teach to your child to do themselves if they're uh, able or willing to do it. Um, and if not, or either way, just doing that a little bit before they eat each time, or even if they start getting um, to the point where they're either lethargic and aren't thinking clearly or where they're getting anxious, that's also a really good tip to know about. Um, and it helps to for lymphatic drainage. It's also helping, helping their immune system as well. So it's a really, really fabulous thing to do. Reducing sensory overload with stress reducer, which is a natural elixir made for this, is really helpful. Sensory uh, overload or stress reducer elixir, yeah, I'm going to link to it in the show notes for you too, it's a natural elixir that can be very, very calming for the system, and it can be used um, as needed during the day, as many times as needed, um, but I find that it's been really, really helpful for uh, myself and many of my members in my program over the years as well. And until the liver is eventually working better, which is our organ of detoxification, and until we've really prepared and, and strengthened and supported the detox pathways in the body, which is a whole other episode on its own, but it, as we're doing that, because it's really important to actually have 
Um, the, the body can't handle really rapid detoxification or too big of a die off. And the word die off comes from like the, all that candida overgrowth of the bad bacteria in the gut. When we stop feeding them the foods that they need to thrive, then they start to die, which is what we want. The problem is when they die, they're releasing more toxins into the body and your child's body is already backed up and congested with so many toxins and the liver needs support uh, to be able to process this. So adding in toxin binders can be really helpful for this as well because it helps the body sop up the extra toxins from the candida that are dying off and which is hence the term called die off. Eating low histamine foods like organic fresh poultry, grass-fed beef, eggs, and lion-caught fish can, can be really good. If you give good oils like coconut oil or extra virgin olive oil with a protein source like organic chicken, for instance, it helps with nutritional absorption and keeps us full longer. Avoid high histamine foods like beans, corn, fermented foods, avocados, smoked or aged foods, and this also includes dried fruit. Avoid leftovers, especially of animal protein. It naturally builds histamines even in the refrigerator overnight when it, after it's been cooked and it's in the refrigerator and the next day you eat it, every day it's left over, it creates more histamines naturally on it. So you'll notice that the next day too, your child might eat it and have a little bit of uh, anxiousness afterwards or trouble sleeping. And this could have to have to do with some type of a histamine reaction. Also, if you ever make any type of a broth, say some type of a bone broth or chicken broth, and it's simmered longer than three and a half hours, then it also can start to build histamine. So it's good, you know, three, 3.5 to four hours maximum for uh, simmering a broth. Then you uh, also want to uh, freeze the leftovers because if you freeze leftovers, it won't build the histamines, and then you can just thaw it as you need it along the way, and that make might make uh, you know dinner time or snack time a little easier for you to have something to thaw out as well. Allergy relief elixir is another elixir I'm going to link to in the show notes. This assists in calming histamine reactions and reactions to allergic foods, so it can be really calming for the system. And I mentioned briefly mast cell activation, which is something else, uh, but it, it can actually help the body to calm down from these additional internal triggers of inflammation going on. So again, I'll link to that one in the show notes for you too. Offering a reward system. That can be a simple thing to do. A bite of something you want your child to eat for a bite of something that they want to eat. You can begin to remove the top most inflammatory foods, which is of course key and number one from your child's diet. What ones are those? Well, if you don't have my free guide yet, please get it now at autismcheatsheet.com. Slowly begin removing the bad foods as you mix very small amounts of some good foods in. So for example, they make something now called cauliflower rice. It's actually cauliflower but it's grated down so it looks like rice and it's sold in most health food stores, usually in the frozen section. Make sure you get one that's organic. Our kids can't take more pesticides, right? But it looks and tastes similar to rice. So I have a member in my program who actually began adding in just a tablespoon or so of cauliflower rice into her son's regular rice. And over time then added a little bit more of the cauliflower rice in as she reduced the regular rice 
equal, you know, ratio. And eventually over time, over again, a long time so that her child didn't notice right away, it took some time, more and more of the good, less and less of the bad. And then over time, it's all cauliflower rice and he doesn't even mind and, and doesn't even care anymore. You can also try, again, the reward system, which we talked about, giving them a bite of something you want, they want in exchange for something that they want to eat. And that can sometimes work for you too, at least with one or two bites, because sometimes just a tablespoon or one or two bites of something can be enough to really help the body get some nutrition into it. And also things to help some of the lining of the gut to, to begin to heal a little bit. This is great with smoothies. You can you can take some good food and maybe a few berries. Berries are a good choice because they also have fiber in them, which then slows down the sugar absorption. So uh, so it's not as you know as much of a sh- high sugar content quickly into the bloodstream. So maybe a few berries will sweeten to help hide the flavor of something they don't like. Just don't overdo fruit because of its high sugar content, which then feeds the candida and the bad bacteria. But a small handful, like six or 10 berries in a little small amount of smoothie that you make can be really helpful because again, the sweetness of the berries kind of can hide things, uh, another, anything else that you put in there. Almond butter is a good addition to a smoothie to get some texture and good fat along with the protein in it too. Collagen really helps to heal the gut lining and provides a source of high protein. And it's really great for smoothies. And in the show notes, I'm gonna link to one that's a powder that um, I have a, a link again with a discount code even available to you on the show notes. But this particular company has a high quality product and they have different flavors. I really like the strawberry one personally, and they sweeten with stevia. And stevia and monk fruit are the two only uh, safe natural uh, sweeteners to use, but they don't affect the glucose, the, um, the hypoglycemia, the blood sugar levels. They don't feed the candida but they're uh, really helpful and they are, this company actually puts some in their collagen. So it sweetens it naturally and safely, but collagen really helps again to heal the lining of the gut, which can be very important. And then your child's getting a really like super packed amount of protein in a little bit. And you don't even have to put a whole scoop of it in. You could put a half of a scoop of it in with a little bit of almond butter, a little bit of coconut milk, and a few berries. And then if you wanted to, you could put a tiny bit of a toxin binder. Normally you wanna take them away from food, but just to get some in, that is something that you can do as well. Because again, that toxin binder is gonna help your child's body sop up some of the toxins as the diet even starts the the detoxification process. So uh, smoothies again, and by making just a little bit of a smoothie, then if your child drinks most of it or all of it, they're getting everything, you the ingredients of what you put in. If you make a giant one and they just take a few sips, they might not be getting much of the uh, the the you know the benefit of some of the things that you you added to it. You can add with food supplements into uh, into smoothies as well, and that can be sometimes a good way to hide something in there. I would start out um, just with a regular smoothie first because you don't want the your child to taste something they don't like in it, and then not take it from you again. So start out with something that's easy, something that doesn't have something hidden in it, so they don't so that you're building trust. Give it to a few times that way. And then just, you know, if you add something and have it be minimal and little bit increments along the way, because you don't, you, again, you want them to, to want to drink it. 
Um, so if you stick to those things, that can be really helpful tips. Um, enzymes can help break down food, which is can be helpful as well. And I'll link to a good one in the show notes, as well as hydrochloric acid with pepsin can be really helpful if your child has GERD or acid backup. And again, I mentioned this as something that comes along with the histamine issue that our kids have. So a hydrochloric acid supplement uh, can help to increase the stomach acid, which is the opposite of what most people think is happening when there is an acid backup issue. And it's actually that the body and the stomach don't have enough acid. And so that is why you get acid backup. So we actually need more. So hydrochloric acid with pepsin can be a supplement you can give your child if they have some GERD or acid backup issues. Uh, and any recipe can have an exchange of one-to-one -one ratio for a healthier flour, such as coconut flour or almond flour in a recipe where it calls for wheat flour. So you can just substitute it over with something healthier. Stevia and monk fruit, as I mentioned, are the only two healthy natural sweeteners to use. You do not want to use artificial sweeteners. They're very toxic. Um, monk fruit, though, is a good healthy one. And it is a great substitute for sugar in replacement for baking in any recipe. So just get creative, be consistent, and be patient. Every single small step that you take leads to a big difference over time, and it does make a big difference. So even though things might seem so small along the way, and you might think, oh, am I really making any progress? You are. So uh, just keep that consistency, be persistent, and again, practice patience and use your creativity. You'll find recipes and things over time that of things that your child will eat. And again, as their gut begins to heal, they will then be, and they stop eating some of the bad foods, they're not as addicted to them. They become more and more open to more foods, become less of a picky eater. And over time, as I've heard from many of the members in my membership program and in my own son, who was once a very picky eater and now is not at all. So it does work. It does happen. You just have to be patient and don't expect changes to happen overnight. It's okay if you go slowly with this. And I actually think it's the best way to do it, as is anything, especially when we start into utilizing later on, you know, detoxification supplements. You don't want to ever give a dosage on a bottle, you know, that our children are too sensitive. We have to go very slowly, watch them for symptoms and start with the lowest dosages possible. But again, that's a whole other episode. This is some, a way I wanted to help you to begin your process of transitioning your child over into eating healthier foods so we can start healing their gut and help them to live a more happier, healthier, healthier and fulfilling life because a lot of these symptoms that they have, like the speech issues, the sleep issues, the anxiousness, the irritability, even aggression, their inability to focus, and their immune system issues, so they're sick all the time possibly, all of these things start with the gut. So we have to start with the gut. And I've mentioned in this episode, there are a lot of other things we also have to work on. Yes, of course we do, to make sure we get the optimum results in naturally recovering autism but this is the very first place to begin. So I hope this helps you in your transition with your child. And I look forward to hearing about it and seeing you next time. Take care.